0: Welcome to Hair the Werewolf. I'm Chase, and I'm here with my co-host, Lily. Hello. And we're a supernatural horror podcast where we tell each other scary stories that are allegedly true and often have a few drinks along the way. At the end of today's episode, we are going to be discussing Dead Snow as part of our winter horror movie series. So stick around after the stories if you want to hear our thoughts on it. We keep it as spoiler-free as possible. This weekend's kind of a big thing for you, <laughs> Lily, because she's going to disappear into the mountains for a couple days.
1: I know. I'm, I don't know how this keeps happening to me, but I'm going to be back in nature with a friend this time. We're going to be there for two nights, and it's going to be like a pretty small cabin that's not very, you know, it's just like a pretty standard cabin which is very interesting because considering the story or not the story the movie that we just watched has a lot to do with that kind of setting so i'm not saying i'm nervous or anything obviously but it's just one of those things that i find always funny when they have coincidences in my life but yeah
0: and it's out in the mountains so maybe it you'll get some mountains. snow
1: yeah i don't know might <laughs> be the only way you can
0: get snow in new mexico <laughs> right. during the winter season <laughs>
1: exactly uh, so, so
0: i'm kind of hoping something scary happens but not dangerous nothing dangerous Oh, thanks <laughs> But I want you to be able to have like a cool story to tell us when you back. Like I said, nothing dangerous, right. but something scary maybe.
1: Something, something good. Because there knows? was
0: there was some unnerving stuff at our cabin stay a couple weeks ago, so maybe <laughs> time for a round two.
1: Yeah. So that actually means that we are recording early. This episode will be coming out on time. Surprise! And what? you, Chase, are going to be taking care of everything. You'll be editing because I'm leaving like right after we record this. And yeah, so everything's so in chaos. If the episode
0: sucks, blame Lily because she abandoned me.
1: That's true. It's my fault <laughs> for ever, ever abandoning everyone.
0: I don't take responsibility for my own actions.
1: <laughs> That's fair.
0: So today, since last week you did a big old story. Mm-hmm. Today, I'm kind of taking the reins, and I've got a bunch of Christmassy stories for you guys. Uh, Christmassy. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> That's all. It's just so, Christmas.
0: everyone, get ready for some holiday encounter. Counter,
1: counter, counter. Woo! Man, it's been a while since like you've really done a big encounter story, I think.
0: Yeah, I've got a few today.
1: Ooh-hoo. Oh, so, okay, so it's multiple. Yeah. Okay.
0: So, a lot of things change during the holiday season. Our diets are often hit the hardest as we tend to have a number of large feasts as well as seasonal treats and candies. Then there's the drinking. I can't speak for all people but I definitely notice an increase in drinking during the holiday season. Shopping gets more frantic and crowded. Even our neighborhoods change as people put up Christmas lights, inflatable Santas, and other things on their houses. But one thing also tends to increase during the holiday season, and that's UFO sightings.
1: Interesting. Have we mentioned that before? That doesn't sound familiar.
0: No, I haven't, and this was kind of a new thing. I, I was reading about it and came across a news article on Yahoo News where I mean, granted, he was a ufologist, not a scientist, but he talked about how there was a massive increase in sightings right around the Christmas season. Okay. He still said that during the summer is, you know, the most sightings in general, but there's this random uptick right around Christmas.
1: Okay. So, is there any other correlation that he's found, like... You know, maybe is it on Christmas or just like that month of December? It's
0: it's mostly the days right before and right after Christmas, but it is the entire month of December into New Year's. Okay, got it. So even though most UFO sightings tend to occur during the warm summer months, the large influx during the holiday season, it's not quite sure known why that is. And it could be that many people step outside for a brief escape from visiting family, giving them an opportunity to witness an event, or is it because children are staring at the sky in hopes of spotting Santa? Mm. Whatever the explanation, seeing a UFO in December is fast becoming a holiday tradition throughout the world. <laughs> this isn't specific to Canada, the U.S. or anything. This is everywhere. Oh, People wow. are seeing them in Japan. People are seeing them in Africa. Like, it's all during even, this time. So,
1: I mean, this is might be just too specific, but, like, you know how countries that might not celebrate Christmas, obviously, or even care about it, is there... An increase of sightings there as well. Like, just, and then that was kind of put in the mix of. Ex- it does sightings. seem to
0: be a worldwide phenomenon, but I'd also argue that even people who don't celebrate Christmas, most cultures have some form of.
1: Winter solstice. There's kind some of thing. sort of
0: winter solstice uh, observation. I guess so, you're right.
1: I guess I was just trying to, like correlated as much to Christmas as possible if that had anything to do with it. Not that I think it would. I'm just saying it like does not some seem sort of like with mind Christmas. hysteria thing where they're like oh we're just for some reason Christmas and I, I don't know what I'm where I'm getting at but I just want to know like how closely this is related. It just
0: seems to be around the world but okay. a lot of the places where maybe some sort of big festival doesn't occur they maybe don't have the means or the culture that reports UFOs as regularly as well.
1: Oh possibly yeah.
0: So, most of these sightings usually equate to seeing orange lights moving throughout the sky. And it isn't abnormal to see 100 UFO reports in the days around Christmas. I should also mention that one mass sighting of a string of red lights with sparkling lights emanating from it was reported by hundreds of people just a few years ago. And they claimed that they were seeing Santa Claus and his reindeer. Oh, God. Not joking. <laughs> I mean, we're talking to people who are like, I still believe in Santa as an adult, yeah. and like, oh, we totally see Santa and the reindeer. But of course, all the scientists were quick to prove this was actually a secondary rocket booster re-entering the atmosphere. It just happened to look like a string of red lights with sparkles coming off of it, which was stuff burning up. Oh, wow. So it was a magical rocket re-entry.
1: Aw, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I also have a feeling we will start seeing more of these sightings because Elon Musk has actually launched his Starlink satellites, which appear like a string of lights moving in unison with each other through the sky. Yeah. I've been seeing a lot of news reports over the last six months of UFO sightings that everyone has said, no, that's the Starlink satellite. And when I've seen the videos, I know exactly what it looks like. Right. And so this will be something that maybe in 10 years people won't mention, but at least for the next year or two, you're going to have a bunch of people going, oh, it's a string of lights, it's totally UFOs. It's not. It's just satellites that are very specifically meant to go in one big string. (laughs) That said, many other sightings during the holiday season carry considerably greater mystery. One of the most talked about sightings occurred in 1978 in the skies above New Zealand's Kaikoura Mountain Range. The event has come to be known as the Kaikoura Lights and is a story very reminiscent of the Phoenix Lights that would occur many years later. And we talked about that in a previous episode. Yeah. We mentioned how, was it Kurt Russell was flying a plane during the the Phoenix Lights and he saw the lights, so...
1: And he was still, and he's a skeptic, like he's not, he didn't jump into conclusion or anything. He Mm -hmm. was very like, I don't want to say scientific about it, but... You know, I'm only telling you what I'm seeing kind of thing.
0: Absolutely. And this, no just, assumptions. Just keep that in mind okay. while you uh, <laughs> listen to this. On the 21st of December, several people at Woodburn Airfield noticed a bright light in the sky. They assumed it was a DC-8 plane coming in into land at Wellington. The air traffic controller assumed this because of what he thought was a landing light emanating from below the larger light. Like it kind of had like a beam coming down from it. <gasps> so he thought it was a landing light. However, not a moment later, it suddenly changed direction rather abruptly, in a manner not expected, especially from a DC-8 plane. Mm -hmm. They contacted Wellington Radar, and they did in fact have sightings on their radar that matched what was being witnessed, but they had no idea what they were. Back on the ground, the witnesses saw three different lights that maintained an equal distance from each other and turned in perfect circular arcs in relation to the largest of the three lights. Okay. Each of these lights had a similar beam stretching towards the ground.
1: Oh, hell no.
0: In if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, Ian Uffendel, a warrant officer who saw the lights on the ground mentioned that it quote appeared they were searching for something on the ground or out at sea or wherever they were. End quote. So at this point they had multiple sightings, both directly from witnesses on the ground, as well as on radar. They had no idea what they were. So they contacted two planes, both of which were Argosy cargo planes that happened to be airborne at the time to let them know to keep an eye out for these lights, because they had no idea what they were.
1: Okay, yeah. And they and you said they couldn't find them on radar or anything? No, they like, were on radar. They were on radar. So they
0: were detecting these on radar, and people were seeing them on the ground, and no one knew what they were.
1: Okay, so both sides got it.
0: Air traffic control had no idea what they should have been. And these lights had like beams coming down from them. One of the cargo planes was flying between Blenheim and Christchurch, during its flight, while above the mountains, they received contact from the radar crew. Cargo planes don't have a lot of windows, so they had to be pretty intent on looking out them just to see anything. So both the pilots had to lean forward so they could glance out the windows mm. to get a better view around their plane. And that's when they saw it, the bright light. One of the pilots, Ian Peary, said of the incident, quote, We popped out of this cloud, and here was this light. So close, it was almost frightening, end quote. He also described it as being as big as a house and looking like it was burning in the sky. The light then began to keep pace with the cargo plane and even turned with it as it changed course. It stayed with the plane for (gasps) 20 whole minutes.
1: That is so creepy.
0: So, it's not a meteor.
1: It's...
0: (laughs) Just gonna say, it's not a meteor. I think
1: it's safe to say it's not a meteor and also a reflection of Jupiter. So I think we're...
0: Oh, we're gonna get to that in a minute. I'm
1: sure we will. (laughs)
0: In total, there were six people on board the planes, the the two planes that were in the air, and all of them, every single one of them, saw a series of bizarre lights at different points around the planes. Other testimony about the lights described them as being part of a larger UFO object. Although a size comparisons range depending on which observer is talking about it. In general, the the consensus was that the UFO had five flashing lights on it. And some even claim it had small disc-like objects that would drop from the UFO and then disappear out of sight.
1: Oh, weird. Was it like looking like lights or did it look like physical objects?
0: Physical objects. Okay. The lights themselves would stay for minutes at a time and then vanish only to reappear in another location around the plane a few moments later. Some of the witnesses also claimed to have heard a strange whistling sound whenever they could see the lights. Ew. This went on for quite some time. Now, this is pretty exciting because most of the video interviews and most of the things that I found were just of the pilots of the plane, not other crew members. Okay. But these other crew members' stories are the ones that are most interesting, the whistling sound being the most bizarre, because these are pilots. They know what planes sound like. They've been around other planes. So if they hear a whistling and it doesn't sound like another plane, they're going to be like, what is that whistling sound?
1: Did everyone hear it or just some people? Just
0: some of them claim to have heard a whistling sound. See,
1: that's even weirder.
0: Well, it's hard because, you know, planes are very loud when you're on them. So it could have been crew far enough from the engine that they could hear another sound. Or maybe there's something wrong with the plane, mm. and there was like just some whistling on the plane. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Maybe. But I do think that's an important thing. That that was the part that got, gave me chills. Like, oh, because you don't really hear too much. Usually UFO stories, you don't hear anything.
1: It's very silent. Yeah, it's this is very almost like intentional from the UFO. It sounds like for me, whenever I hear someone saying like, "Oh, I saw a UFO," and I didn't hear anything, you're like, "Okay, so that's pretty typical." It's actually one of the most bizarre characteristics of seeing a UFO because mm-hmm. usually when you see a flying anything, it makes a sound. So when you hear something and it emitted a sound, it to me always seems like it was it it wanted you to hear this, whatever it may have been.
0: Or it means it's not a not an alien UFO.
1: Or, that's true, it could have been like something very similar that we're Absolutely. developing secretly. But I
0: do think it's interesting, how many UFO stories do we read and very rarely is a sound ever mentioned.
1: That's true, yeah.
0: So this one's cool. This, 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 one... this, this adds some sort of depth to it, either to disproving it or making it just more interesting. News of this sighting got around quickly throughout New Zealand with many appearing in the newspapers the very next day. Some of the stories even claimed that people living down the coast had seen these bright lights coming down from the sky at night. They actually saw these beams coming down, like, oh, there's like spotlight type things Mm. in the sky. Others claimed to have just seen the lights of the UFO. They didn't see the beams, but there was a lot of people who apparently saw these on the ground under where all these lights were supposed to have been. Which also means if these people lived there, they would have been very familiar with the kinds of lights they normally see. So this is an abnormal occurrence. We're already seeing something weird and different. Several people working at one of the local news stations were tasked with gathering more information for the story. And this included primarily getting more camera footage of the plane, standard B-roll stuff. However, their night was going to be far more interesting than they had anticipated. Around midnight of December 30th, a similar cargo plane was doing a newspaper delivery run along the exact route in which the previous plane encounters of the strange lights had occurred.
1: And the, was he informed as well uh, beforehand saying, hey, everyone watch out. knew
0: about it. Okay. Everyone knew about it. So the news crew was like, well, we're going to go on this exact same route. We're going to get some footage of just the plane so we oh, can use I it see. for a news story. Not long after takeoff, they were informed by air traffic control that there was an object on the radar about a mile behind them. And it was following them. Oh gosh! <laughs> the crew set up their cameras and began shooting. It is at this point you can hear Quentin Fogarty, a reporter who was on the plane, describe the scene. "Quote: Let's hope they're friendly. It's really getting a bit frightening up here. There's a whole formation of unidentified flying objects behind us." And a whole
1: formation,
0: exactly.
1: Okay, see, so that changes it all because it's not even just a one that they are able to see. Yeah,
0: every, everyone always talks about the single one, but this is a formation kind of like in the Phoenix lights. There's a whole group of them. Yeah. And the previous flights, they noticed multiple ones. They would talk yeah. about one big light, but they noticed multiple in like this big Structure, array. yeah. After they landed in Christchurch, the pilots informed them that they were going on the same route back in a few hours and asked if they wanted to come along. One of the crew members was, uh, one of the TV news crew members, was so frightened, he ended up saying, no, I'm just going to stay behind. I'm not <laughs> doing this again. That should give you an indication about how intense the situation was like, in the air, how scary this was. <laughs>
1: I live here now. I'm right. Not going this, is,
0: this is my life. Yeah. The others were willing to go on the return flight, but there was a problem. They had actually burned through all of their film capturing the lights on the initial flight. By the way... You can see footage of this. on... Okay,
1: I was gonna ask. I was like, is it one of those things that they didn't have it anymore? No, or? the
0: footage exists. The problem is, it's super shaky because they're on a plane, and I have a feeling they're using you know standard news cameras, which were meant to mm-hmm. capture like a reporter just Standing. a few feet in front of you. So they're looking <laughs> at things in the distance. So what this means is, it's kind of like if you've ever tried to zoom in on your phone and capture something at a distance, and your hand shakes just like that, right. so you can see the light. So. It can't focus on the object very well, and it's shaky, and you're like, well, of course. At least this time, though, we had professionals, and there was a reason. The cameras they had were not meant—they had no idea they were going to capture UFO stuff. They were mostly just going to be filming the plane so they could use it for B-roll during the The segment segment on on things, so they weren't prepared to see (laughs) UFOs.
1: I guess—I mean, they definitely have an excuse, but it's just so so frustrating. It's
0: so frustrating. Yeah, okay. So they contacted a man who worked with the news team in the area named Dennis Grant, and they asked him to drop off some additional film. He agreed, but only on the condition that he himself could join on the return flight.
1: <laughs> That's fair. I'd be saying the He's same like, thing. like, let me come. Yeah, you right. have to take me with you. <laughs> so
0: these UFO sightings had created so much intrigue, and for everyone who is scared to death of them, there's at least someone who is obsessed with the idea of seeing <laughs> them. And I think that kind of describes the whole UFO thing, whether or not you believe, I think if, if a UFO presented itself, yeah, I think for everybody that, for every single person that is scared to death, there's going to be someone who's like, oh yeah, let's go talk to it.
1: Yeah. It's like, I'm willing to die this on this trip here because it's just so worth it for them.
0: So this guy got to do it, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. And thankfully, he would not be disappointed because as before, once the plane reached altitude, they once again began to see the lights. Oh, nice. So we're talking... Multiple encounters along a very consistent path. This kept and, happening,
1: and it's always exactly on the same path, right? Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: it, more or less. It's above these mountains, and there's kind of a watery area between oh, okay. these two uh, two cities. This time, the most prominent was a large red orb, which came alongside the craft and continued at the same speed for more than fifteen minutes. Here are some of the following descriptions that you could hear when watching the footage: "Quote, such a bright light." It's lighting up the clouds around it, end quote. Another one, quote, according to our cameraman, David Crockett, well, I just realized his name was David Crockett. Anyway, (laughs) according to our cameraman, David Crockett, who had been filming it for the past few moments, it appears to have a brightly lit bottom and a transparent sort of sphere on top. So it appears to be, well, like a flying saucer, end quote. Wow. And then another, quote, an orange flashing light. It looks like an aircraft beacon. Seems to be rolling and turning. I don't know. I really don't know what's going on. End quote.
1: So there's definitely motion to these. There's orbs. motion. Yeah,
0: they're moving. They're not just s- still.
1: Well, I don't mean like obviously because they're following. I mean, I mean the actual orb itself has some sort of like texture or or movement to the actual orb because it's a. He just said that it was kind of like Spherical uh, on top. Yeah, Spherical, but also um. Wait, what was that description you just said? Almost like
0: an aircraft beacon. Yeah, because it's strobing like an strobing aircraft strobing, and
1: yeah. So I guess what I mean is it. it to me, it sounds like there is a light in between and it's just kind of like rotating or whatever.
0: Yeah, moving and rolling and stuff. Yeah. The lights also seem to have a reactionary quality. At several different instances, the plane would turn towards the lights and they would seem to back off and move away from the plane. Hmm. Of the incident, Fogarty mentioned, quote, Just being on the cramped, noisy flight deck of the Argosy barreling down the coast in the dead of night was exciting. Factor in a row of pulsating hypnotic lights hovering outside the window and it goes to another level, end quote. The entire news crew and the pilots convened at a house after the flight to discuss what they had seen. None of them were sure. One of the pilots wanted to contact the police and report it, because you see, the Cold War was still pretty tense at the time, and it made sense to people that they might just assume it's a Soviet plot or a Soviet technology long before they ever assumed it was an alien. The next day, the footage was aired on Australia's national news, and the media fervor began. The incident was investigated by numerous groups from the military all the way to independent groups. And as you can imagine, the explanations were lackluster. In fact, many of them were downright insulting. The two most prominent explanations were that the crew was witnessing lights from boats down below, reflecting off the aircraft as well as clouds, and that they were seeing unburnt meteors re-entering the atmosphere we can guess because they lasted for 15 minutes, meteors are not an appropriate answer. Yeah. And I assume the meteors were because one pilot described initially that the light looked kind of like a giant house-sized burning thing. Yeah, And I assume they said, oh, burning, it has to be a meteor. But <laughs> they're, you're not having all these meteors at this time that are lasting forever I mean, and moving can't... along with the speed of the plane.
1: Right. And this is a description he gave literally on the fly. Like he's trying to make sense of it as it's coming in. It's not the uh, appropriate description i'm sure if you if you ask him now like he had time to think about it he had a more accurate like well it was spherical it was it was kind of intelligent like you said it, it followed it reacted very well, different than what you would say oh it's just a meteor then. exactly yeah and
0: the other argument that it was uh, lights from boats down below remember there were all those people who lived along the area and they kept mentioning they'd seen lights coming down yeah from the sky those are very different looking things. And these people <laughs> lived there. They would know if there were regularly boats doing that. So those are pretty crazy. Another explanation is one I'm pretty sure you can guess, Lily, and you kind of already did earlier. Aliens. You, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. The, the, the oh, stupid the explanation. Oh, the Jupiter
1: uh, reflection Cl- Close
0: enough. Yeah. So some reports claimed that they were just witnessing Venus. Oh,
1: Venus. That's right. I can't remember which one they always use.
0: Now, see, I don't know about you, but the last time I saw Venus, it didn't look like five giant flashing lights that moved in formation. But, you know, <laughs> maybe these scientists are seeing other versions of I Venus. I think you
1: have an outdated textbook is what I'm <laughs> is what
0: I'm hearing. Furthermore, and this is the important one that I really like, the time in which the film crew captured the lights would have been at least half an hour or more before Venus should have even been visible in the night sky. Boom. So all I want to say to those people is like... Yes, I'm sure there have been plenty of people who mistakenly saw Venus and said, UFO, this is not one of those situations. <laughs> right.
1: Oh, no. Yeah, you can't, that you cannot argue, the rotation of the Earth and what we can see. You're like, Venus wasn't even uh, there. Yeah,
0: those are scientific facts. This yeah. is the time, this is when Venus should be there. They don't coincide. Right. Exactly. The only explanation that I liked was that they could have been drug runners,
1: Drug runners, okay.
0: Yeah. So, illegal flights carrying drugs. Sure, yeah. So, in this case, that would be actual planes, which would explain why they did show up on the radar, why they wouldn't have been registered, announced, or air traffic control shouldn't have known why they were there, Mm -hmm. but they were detected, they would have lights, and maybe they would be doing bizarre flight maneuvers and whatnot. However, there are problems. Because that's one hell of a drug run. Because it went on for many days. Because the first sighting was like a week before, and then two in that night. And we're talking a lot of lights. Yeah,
1: they try to. There's not, a lot of planes, from what I understand. Usually, people who are doing drug runs or whatever, they're not necessarily looking for attention.
0: Exactly. So, so this I is, don't is a know. lot of planes apparently, and they are also having these bright ass lights on. Yeah, and they've got their strobing. Spotlights on down below. You mean you'd think they would try to turn off whatever lights they could so that they wouldn't be as noticeable? (laughs) And they seem to be flying pretty damn close to these cargo planes. You'd think they'd be avoiding that as well. They
1: just wouldn't want to be seen. Yeah.
0: But it would also explain if it really was drug runner planes why you would hear a noise. But you'd think that the crew would know what a plane sounds like in this, not the hissing or whatever whistling they heard.
1: Drug runners would have like the best technology that not even an experienced pilot would know existed.
0: But I'm saying it's the only explanation I have that isn't stupid insulting being like, "Hey, oh, you just right. saw Venus or boats or something." There was even an explanation that had to do with cabbage fields and light reflection and I'm not joking. Oh my god. As I started reading it, <laughs> I just I was like, I'm not wasting my time with this.
1: This is just so annoying when they just come up with but see, here's the thing. I understand if you're just skeptical. Like, I get it. Mm-hmm. But you don't make totally. up crap just to so that you, it's not a UFO. If It's almost like saying, well, I'll just come up with something equally stupid to explain why it's not a UFO, because saying it's a UFO is stupid. <laughs> and you're like, okay, I you're just being
0: rude. They, <laughs> were fairies. they, they were weren't fairies. They weren't
1: UFOs. I'd rather believe fairies and cabbage emitting, I don't know, a light. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think it was reflecting, not emitting. I don't think oh. it was. I don't think it was a nuclear glowing. Cabbage. I was like,
1: why would this cabbage? I think it had to do
0: with like cabbage fields and light reflection. I was like, I'm done.
1: Okay, fair.
0: The New Zealand military claims they did not have the resources to investigate the UFO phenomenon, which may have been the reason we got such unenthusiastic results. However, the CIA also did investigation, and the released findings claimed that the encounters were quote, unique among civilian UFO reports because there were a large amount of documentary evidence which includes the recollections of seven witnesses, two tape recordings made during the sightings, and the detection of some unusual ground and airplane radar targets, and a 16 millimeter color movie, end quote. So even the CIA is like, look, there's a lot here. Yeah. All these explanations are whimsical. <laughs> the footage was also scrutinized by Bruce Maccabee, who was an optical physicist who worked for the U.S. Navy. He was part of the official investigation, and his official thoughts on the footage was, quote, one would think that the conclusion that several of the sightings involved unidentified objects flying with impunity in the New Zealand airspace would have been sufficient to start an even deeper study of the UFOs, end quote. So he at least found the mm-hmm. footage compelling to say we need to go further into this. He wasn't Good. happy to say, you know, this guy works with optics. He's a physicist. He's not mm-hmm. going to be like, oh, yeah, this is probably just weird light refractions. He's like, we need to investigate this. This is bizarre. A
1: true scientist would. It's like, we can't just make up crap and then say that's what it is. That's not how science works.
0: Exactly. I mean, he... Yet, despite this, there was no in-depth or further investigation, at least that the public knows about.
1: Okay. Sure.
0: What these strange lights were remains a mystery, and I can't say what I think they are either. The drug runners make sense, but also not at the same time. It's a, They would have been really weird drug runners. Yeah. If I, yeah.
1: They would have been pretty ballsy. And I guess, let me put it this way, if they were drug runners, then mission accomplished. We have no idea. <laughs> we didn't capture <laughs> you them. You
0: made us think you were UFOs and, and no one wanted to do anything about yeah, it. Yeah,
1: you fooled us and that was it.
0: Good way to get your drugs. Yeah. <laughs> However, this part will be pretty interesting. In the decades since, people have reported seeing similar lights along that route. The most recent report was only a few years ago. I think it was 2015. Oh, wow. Okay. These could just be paranoid sightings, but perhaps this is a UFO hotspot. Or maybe there is a weird light phenomenon that can be explained, not by cabbage patches, and we just (laughs) haven't quite figured out what it is. And once the conditions are near perfect, it shows up. And that's a very big possibility. Yeah. Or... Maybe know. there's something important there for UFOs. Maybe they're just like, maybe there's something there where, like, just, we, we got to get this. Is get it a all nice area?
1: They're like, it's beautiful here. I don't know.
0: Who knows what aliens
1: like? I'm <laughs> just kidding. I have no idea.
0: Us as humans, we're obsessed with tropical paradises. Even though you yeah. you ever been to one of these islands and we didn't have modern technology, they're not that hospitable. There isn't a lot of food. A lot of things are poisonous. Yeah. They're not actually the best places to live. But we have an obsession with them. So maybe, maybe there's something about that run where it's like, "Oh yeah, that's a nice let's place. Let's do this. Yeah, yeah, let's let's be all over this." <laughs> So anyway, that was that story, which was apparently like one of the big UFO sightings in New Zealand.
1: That's pretty exciting. And the fact that it still happens today, I find even more compelling. I guess it kind of makes me feel a little bit more like you're right, there could be something going on that is in perfect conditions, maybe, but it just seems so unlikely that it's a natural occurring thing because of the way it behaved with the other aer- airplanes that Absolutely. were there it, it was a an intelligent thing it felt like intelligent enough i don't mean like as smart as us so i'm just saying if it was an animal which it wouldn't be but my point is is that all an animal needs is some sort of reason to follow something if that's intelligent enough yeah for that kind of behavior
0: and i also really appreciated that it was so similar to the phoenix lights which would occur years later yeah where people couldn't quite explain them and as we said you know pilots went through it and saw these lights and they didn't quite know what to make of it. They weren't just immediately going, oh yeah, these are aliens or anything, but they saw something weird and they noticed it. And I think maybe these are similar things, whatever the explanation is, there's a good chance that these were similar causes, whatever that may be.
1: Yeah. The Phoenix lights though. I can't wait till you do that story. It's one of the scariest things I've ever heard and seen as well, because there's so it's much. It's the most compelling evidence. thing I've ever seen yeah.
0: for UFOs ever. Right, that'll be a big one. That's gonna be a big so one. We'll get to it. Yay! All right, so now we should. I've got another story for you after the break. A weird, a really weird one. So we will. <laughs> uh, we're gonna take a quick break. Cool. Get some more water, and we'll be right back. Okay.
1: Okay, so we're back, and I got myself some more coffee because that's what I'm drinking currently right now. I think it's a little early for me to start drinking and also a little early for me to drink if I'm going to be driving. Yeah, it's the morning <laughs> for the us. To so. Yeah, so we're going to do that. And yeah, I'm pretty excited. You're going to do story number two now, right?
0: By the way, I wasn't intentionally. So for all of you that knows personally or don't know us personally... Lily is particularly scared of UFOs and aliens. Oh, yeah. So I purposely was not trying to do all this right before you went off without me
1: uh,
0: into a cabin for a couple days. But you're welcome.
1: Yeah. I'm like just sitting here, like, (laughs) this is the worst thing that could possibly happen to me right now. Like, and I'm not joking, guys. Like, I have everything packed. Like, I'm leaving as soon as this is over. And Chase is going to do the rest of the editing and whatnot. But yeah, I'm leaving. I'll be in the middle of nowhere, and it'll be dark by the time we get there. So I'm pretty, like, a little a little freaked out. But that's okay. Which will that's prepare good.
0: her for stories when she comes back. It'll be, <laughs> it'll be fantastic.
1: <laughs> I'm sure Lisa's going to be like, yeah, nothing happened. It was all in her head. She's insane. Uh, because I'm going to be just so scared.
0: So actually, we might need to get... We might need to talk to her about it afterwards, because we're going to have another input. So,
1: I think she's more sensitive than I am with those kind of things. Like, she's had experiences. Not aliens, but... Um, you know, paranormal, blah, blah, blah. So I don't know. Maybe we can... Maybe she'll she'll see something. I mean, I, I'm hoping not, but if it happens, <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a good story for you guys.
0: <laughs> All right. For my second story today, it is it is a weird one. I actually find this a little bit horrifying because of the subject matter, and I can't tell you why because it's kind of part of the story, but it also is out of the norms for what we normally do, but I think it counts... Because it's not necessarily... There isn't really a UFO sighting in it, but it does involve UFOs. Okay. (laughs) It is creepy, and it does have a holiday setting. So just bear with me. When I read it, I was like, I have to tell this story, because it's kind of creepy.
1: Okay, I'm excited.
0: On Christmas Eve, 1954. And so... This isn't a normal 1950s Christmas thing. All these classic songs and movies and everything came from the 50s where everyone's like, oh, this is such a perfect time. A lot of people think of like the ideal Christmas has kind of a 1950s quality. Not so much. This kind of shows how weird people were in the 50s. (laughs) So on Christmas Eve 1954, well over 200 people gathered at a home in Oak Park, Illinois. The home belonged to Dorothy Martin, a person who had gained a significant amount of notoriety about her in the previous months. Most of the people were actually there to watch events unfold. A much smaller portion of the people who were there were there because they believed their lives were about to change.
1: What? Okay.
0: They stood outside in the cold and they were singing Christmas carols, all while preparing themselves. You see... They believed that on that night, a UFO would descend upon the yard, and spacemen would take them on a ship and bring them to another world. <laughs> what the fuck? I am not joking.
1: Wait, where was this again? I totally missed it. Illinois. It, it was Oak Illinois. Oak Park, Illinois. Okay, I heard this Oak made, Park, but...
0: This made national news.
1: Oh, my.
0: Yeah, just wait for it to unfold. So, what are you thinking already?
1: I'm thinking cult yes okay which to
0: me is one of the scariest things on this planet honestly is I crazy agree. people believing crazy things that are crazy what
1: well, that are have no proof but man just some people can be convincing as hell I, Absolutely. I don't know
0: prior to this night martin had allegedly had her arm possessed by an alien force that compelled her to write in handwriting not her own One of the things she wrote was a prediction about a flood that did indeed occur after she wrote about it. Hmm. And this apparently was enough to get a small group of people (laughs) to believe that she was indeed contacted by an alien intelligence.
1: Was this flood a flood that would have otherwise like it was just such a bizarre thing or is this an area of the floods?
0: That I don't know. I couldn't find more information about this flood. But I already want to point out, you know, create one prediction and everyone's like, oh, we have to believe. This is it. Yeah. Sometimes people just get lucky when they say things, but people want to do it. And and I think I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. Okay. But many of the people who came to watch were, in fact, scientists. They didn't believe a UFO would come. Their interest actually lied within the psychology of the group that did.
1: Okay. I was going to say, what kind of scientists? Are they psychologists? Or are most of them
0: were psychologists, looks like. Because that
1: would be compelling for me, too. Like, if yeah. I was into that, I'm like, look, this is a thesis paper right here and there. Exactly. You know? Oh,
0: and this actually led to important research documents. Nice. One of the big questions was, how would the people react when the UFO did not come? Because most of these scientists are like, well, nothing's going to happen. So I'm more interested in how people are going to react. And as you can imagine, nothing did happen. The hours passed and people slowly moved back into the house. And then ben- and then they began to discuss amongst themselves what had happened. <laughs> you would think that these people would have been more upset that the UFO didn't come. But they weren't. They already had practiced for this outcome, you see. Oh, no. As this was actually the fourth time <laughs> they waited for the UFO, which did not That's, come.
1: It's so stupid. I know, right? Oh, no, these It's people. stupid, but
0: tell me how scary that is that people kept coming back. Oh, that's what, true? What's terrifying to this to me is 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 crazy people. People being crazy. They're this just, is scary to me. No
1: matter what. And then you're right, like they went back, they went back inside, like you said, anticipating that this might occur again, but two, to discuss why as if like now we have to come up with more excuses or lore or whatever it is that will convince us to to continue to believe like how can we continue to con- to convince ourselves that this is true or like this is real
0: some of the scientists were asking people about what had happened and one of the interviews that the guy had recorded with him they asked a guy they said how do you feel that the spaceman didn't come and he said well we didn't think the spacemen were actually going to come and mm-hmm. then they said well why were you here because I thought you guys came here for the space. And he said, oh, well, we just came to sing Christmas carols. And he said, so sure. you're not sad that a spaceman didn't come. He's like, well, but there was a spaceman in the group of people. You could see him if you looked. And they're like, no, we there <gasps> was no the one there. I said there was a spaceman. In fact, there might have been many spacemen. We don't really know. They would only let us know we were there if they wanted us to know they were there.
1: Oh, I see. So it didn't. Did he say he saw it or he's like, this is just what we believe? He that says it could he be. saw it. He, he does say he saw it. Okay.
0: And he believes, oh, one day they will come and get us. But today is not the day. We're not ready just okay, yet.
1: That's even like on a creepier level the fact that they're, I mean, obviously lying, but hallucinating to the point of the lie that they've created. I so, don't know.
0: So this instance became a massive research point into the study of something called cognitive dissonance. Oh, right. Which has to do with having two conflicting thoughts where one should negate the other. Mm-hmm. Meaning you believe aliens are going to come, but then they don't. And you should be able to say, well, they didn't come. Maybe the aliens aren't there, but they're conflicting thoughts. But usually what they found with all of these people is they doubled down mm-hmm. on their false belief and said, oh, well, they're going to come next time. They weren't ready. This wasn't the time. Sure. Yeah, And so they noticed that all of these people reflected this moment. And this has kind of been part of cognitive dissonance research before and since. That's become this big idea that usually if people have a crazy outlandish belief and they make it part of their life, something that's important part of their life. If something contradictory comes up to them, they don't use that as a moment to reevaluate their own beliefs because that could be.
1: They indoctrinate like into their They find some
0: way to, yeah, to counter it. Or use it to explain or further change the bizarre nature of their beliefs. Right. And so this was a huge issue. And I find that incredibly terrifying. If you remember, there was the satanic panic and all the cults of the 70s. I mean, the U.S. went through this huge period of crazy cult movements, which (laughs) whenever you see movies or read stories about them, absolutely terrifying. And I found it very scary. And I'm not going to lie. I find that throughout the world right now, there seems to be a lot of this coming about, and I'm like, oh, what if What if in 20 years we're going to talk about a lot of things people are going through right now in their lives, the same way we talk about the 70s cult moves and everything. It's very interesting. That is
1: definitely, I would say, a good chapter, another chapter of how this all can work together. Like, these groups can form and whatnot. So, yeah, that's scary.
0: So, as you can imagine, since the UFOs never came, they continued to think that the delays were because they weren't ready, and over time, their story slowly became forgotten, which is probably good because, to me, they were crazy people. (laughs) But the idea is, over time, when nothing happened, people just slowly calmed down. But there really was something about the holiday season that makes people want to believe in the extraterrestrial, the bizarre, that something else is happening, something magical even, if you want to try to believe in Santa or miracles or anything like that.
1: Okay, that's what I was going to ask. Is it something that they kind of thought, okay, we all kind of know the story of, or whatever, what Christmas is supposed to be like, the birth of Jesus. That's what a lot of people believe. Yeah, And so, do they think that it wasn't really Jesus, it was an alien? Like, I just want to know what the whole story was, like, why they thought they were going to be taken, like did they think the entire story was actually more extraterrestrial than And it was? see, that's the
0: funny thing is because I don't actually think their belief in what was going to happen was ever that deep or thought out. Oh, okay. I bet it was very surface level them believing aliens are going to come because keep in mind, their whole following is based on this idea that this one woman's hand got possessed by aliens.
1: And that's as far as... Without. And okay. wrote a
0: prediction <laughs> of a flood. And that's they said, right. the flood happened. This is enough for me to believe aliens are going to come get us. Like, all of that was She just enough. started
1: making stuff up without any kind of like, right. Reasoning our backstory. And the reason just... isn't
0: because they actually have facts. It's because they wanted to believe. Right. And I think that's kind of why maybe a lot of things start happening during Christmas is because during Christmas, we usually have a lot of very nice stories and beautiful stories about miracles and great things happening and wonderful things and, and magical things. Santa Claus, everything about it being magical that I believe that during the holiday season is when people allow themselves to be the most open to crazy amazing stuff.
1: To miracles and to like the magic of Christmas. I mean, literally that's a phrase that people use all the time. And sometimes
0: that means they're going to be more open to scary stuff too. And I believe that one of the reasons people see UFOs is because seeing weird lights isn't that uncommon as we found. (laughs) And I think maybe during this time, people are just in the mindset where they're more willing to believe that something might be out there.
1: And more looking, like you said. I mean, there is something about if you're looking in the sky a whole lot more during this time, there is a good chance that more people are going to catch it.
0: And I do think that's a good point. I can't speak for other people, but I do think I am outside looking up in the sky at stars more often in the winter than I ever am during the summer. I am up oh. late during the summer. Yeah. But it's usually because we're like partying with friends in a house.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, we're not necessarily looking in the sky. Yeah, I
0: don't I don't remember too many times in the summer going stargazing. But I do remember regularly during cold months, I am outside a lot looking at the stars and I don't know why. Huh? I just am.
1: That is so weird. I don't know either way. So, this but, yeah. one didn't
0: actually have UFOs in it, but it had to do with people believing more during the holiday season, which I think hammers down the idea that Christmas might just be the time of year you're going to see more UFOs for whatever reason be, yeah. it a, be it a psychological thing or be it a real thing.
1: So, does this cult actually exist still? No, it's, or it's all gone. Th- Every, okay. Everything's
0: forgotten. In fact,
1: what happened to the lady?
0: I have no idea. It's so hard to find information on any Dang. of this.
1: I was wondering if she's it, alive. Because or... it just
0: got forgotten. But I think we need to not forget in the sense that we need to be able to remind ourselves how easy it is for people to believe crazy things and be crazy. Oh, yeah. Because people can be crazy. <laughs> so we need to not forget all the times people were crazy. But that is my end of episode encounter.
1: I love it. <laughs> That last one really kind of got me. because you, is, cult's scary. There is something scary with just cults. And yeah, there's a, the whole true crime. To me, that's more a true crime story where they're like, it totally. could have led to something more horrible, but the worst thing that happened was people didn't get abducted. But so
0: there is this supernatural <laughs> occurrence in which the woman claims her hand was possessed by an alien life form.
1: I mean, <laughs> that was a plot point, kind of, in God, can you imagine, idle hands.
0: Can you imagine... The stairs someone would get if they just walked, like, if they walked into the pub and they're just like, hey, last (laughs) night, my arm got possessed by an alien and I wrote a prediction about a flood. Okay.
1: I'd be like, all right, unless you look like you haven't showered in two weeks, I want to know the story.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's like, can you ask your arm for lottery numbers or something? That's going to help us out. So, how
1: effective is this arm? (laughs)
0: Yeah, exactly. We've got got some questions. I have a lot
1: of questions. Yeah.
0: But anyway, so that's the end of the story. So, I think it's. Movie time.
1: Yay! Okay, so if you guys are going to join us, thank you. And if not, we'll see you guys next week.
0: But Absolutely. As- and we should say, for all of December, we will be watching horror films that have either winter or holiday themes. Unlike our October month, this is less structured, and we're usually only watching one, maybe two a week, so it's not like a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. And we're going to post on our Instagram or mention on the show what we're going to watch. So if you... Have a chance to see it and you want to hear our discussion, you will be able to know ahead of time. And today's movie is Dead Snow.
1: Dead Snow, we finally saw it. I mean, we've, we've seen it before. We've talked about it for two episodes
0: now, yeah. but we finally, yeah, we've seen it before. We finally got around to watching it fresh in our brains so we can discuss,
1: discuss, it. discuss it. Yeah, so Dead Snow, it is a foreign film from Norway. I was correct. I think I said that last time and I wasn't sure.
0: But subtitles. It was,
1: it was subtitles. It does have that. So if that's a problem... <laughs>
0: oh, two movies in a row with subtitles. <laughs> okay, no more subtitles the rest of the month, I swear. We
1: are on a roll.
0: None more subtitles.
1: None more. And But this movie came out in January 2009. This is the perfect winter movie if you like snow and seeing people get murdered in the most ridiculous ways. In the snow. In the snow. <laughs> there is a lot of white on red. Oh no, red on white.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> And the movie is gory, so if you don't like seeing blood and guts, even if they are purposely done in a non-realistic way, then this movie might not be for you, but it is still a lot of fun, just so you know. Aside from all of that, uh, this movie is funny, and one of the first uh, things that it's described as on IMDb is a comedy. It is also self-aware of some of its cliche moments, and when you watch the trailer, the first quote is... How many movies start with a group of friends on a trip to a cabin with no cell phone signal? <laughs> it does have a lot of like what Scream did in that kind of sense. There's one guy in the group who's very well versed in horror movies. Yeah, and just
0: like, yeah, like you said, like in Scream. Just like
1: Scream. And everyone in the movie does know what a zombie is. So it's not like a new concept.
0: Oh, yeah. That was one cool thing about this movie is they actually say zombies instead right. of it being this weird movie verse where no one knows what a zombie is. So they try to come up with some new word for zombie. I always roll my eyes. This movie they're like these are zombies. I'm like, "Thank God they know yeah. what a zombie is."
1: They're like, "Don't get bitten." <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, a quick description of the movie. It's set in a very remote area in the mountains where there's nothing but snow. The cabin they're staying in is very small and simple. Like, for example, there's an outhouse, not a lot of plumbing, which by the way, makes more than a few appearances. It was a bold and creative choice to have an important plot points take place in the outhouse, but it did. <laughs> While the gang is hanging out and still having a good time, they get a surprise visitor, who serves only to provide obscure information about World War II that would later become useful to the plot. The zombies themselves are fast, strategic, and bitey.
0: And most of most importantly, they are dead Nazis. And they
1: are dead Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> it also turns out that the zombies are a mixture of popular culture zombies like we all kind of know of, and ancient Norse mythology. These beings are called Drog Drog. I'm not sure. Learning something new. Yeah. They have superhuman strength, smell foul because they're dead, who linger around graves of important men. The drug protects these graves and obsess over the treasures that are buried along with them. They are characterized as being jealous and greedy, and anyone who dares to disturb the grave they have unrightfully claimed, the victims will suffer a brutal death.
0: They sound kind of like trolls. So this, they seem to be like troll zombies. There
1: are some like troll-like- kind of influences throughout the history obviously from the story from this drug, totally and also vampires there's interpretations of undead vampires kind of thing like that's where it comes from so it's all very connected it was super interesting this could have very easily been a story on its own nice. because it has a lot of roots to it nice I think I <laughs> I saw one reviewer on IMDB describe it really well said quote a sublime grindhouse export that's self-knowing and completely comic splatterific. end quote <laughs> <laughs> That's a good description of it, I thought. So, I think it's something that everyone should see at least once in their life, and I I love the movie.
0: I would describe it very simply as Nazi zombie cabin horror film. Yeah. I would say the movie was really well-timed when we watched it this week, for me, because I've recently been on a World War II video game kick. <laughs> I've been playing all these World War Two shooter games from like the 2000s that were super important to me when I was a teenager and in my early 20s. So I'm kind of going through them again. So all of a sudden, seeing Nazi zombies, I was like, "Oh yeah!" Like it's like there's something about Nazis. They're just the perfect villain because you just <laughs> want to see them die. Yeah. And so and
1: that's the best part. There's some really good kill scenes on both ends. I think in the movie, you know, you when you see the revenge taking place, you're just kind of. I don't know, super enveloped and enraged for them as well. Like,
0: Absolutely. Yeah,
1: cut his head off. And you're just like, what did I just say in my head? This is horrible. But you're kind of rooting for that kind of stuff.
0: You can also tell that, like, for the most part, none of these people have a history of violence in them. So seeing them fight zombies, they are predictably clumsy about it <laughs> right? Uh, on more than a few occasions. Yeah. And that actually led, leads to a lot of the humor. I don't really like reading subtitles, but one benefit of a movie in a foreign language is it so much harder to tell when someone's a bad actor? Because so, so true. many, yes, yeah, so many of the things that teach us when someone is, that, that are tells for when they're not acting correctly come from how people deliver their language and what they're saying and how they're saying all that. So when you see something in foreign language, everyone instantly gets like an acting quality boost. Mm-hmm. And so all I can say is these people seemed like good actors. I,
1: I liked it. Yeah, I thought um, that was fine. Which is a
0: good thing. So that's one benefit to anything with subtitles.
1: Yeah.
0: I do remember when you and me first saw this movie. So we did see it in two thousand nine, yeah. And I was still living with my college roommates, and all of us, we went out, we had drinks, and then we went straight to the theater.
1: I remember not looking forward to it. I was like, "This is so lame," because we were just already out, and I wanted to continue. You wanted
0: to keep being out to be out. Yeah. I was worried it was going to be really cheesy. And I was also worried because, you know, we had just a bunch of beers. I was like, oh, I'm going to have to wake up and pee. Not wake up, but get up and... (laughs) I was like, where were you? Get up and pee, like, three times. Yeah. And it was so packed when we got into the theater. We all had to sit kind of separately. I think you and me were, like, three seats apart. There were, like, three people in between us.
1: Yeah. But I ended up talking to the people around me, so that was cool.
0: And, man, the reaction, the audience reactions, they were laughing. They were getting all into it. And when everyone stood up at the end, like, everyone was super excited. You could tell everyone realized we had just seen something. (laughs) <laughs> really special yeah. So it turned out to be one of the best impromptu movies I remember ever seeing in theaters Like I didn't expect much And it was amazing And it was just full of people who just loved it And it was like, this is a big movie
1: Yeah, it was a really good one And it quickly became one of our classics I think we used to watch it all the time during our October months, but mm-hmm. then it qu- quickly shifted to just a winter movie that we loved enjoying. I thought it suited a lot better during the Christmas season.
0: Yeah, we like watching a lot of scary movies during the Christmas season, as you can tell why we're doing this. And there aren't that anywhere near as many horror movies that are either winter or Christmassy themed. So, you know, move it to where it belongs. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we did.
1: Just enjoy it a little more. So that I way. give
0: it a solid four out of five, Howells.
1: Yeah, I agree. Four out of five yeah indeed
0: I recommend to everyone who likes zombie movies and it's not scary it's a comedy like it might scare you but I'd be surprised it's it's a comedy if you're
1: not used to horror movies it might actually be a little creepy I mean there is some True. some uh, subtle like jump scares and, and gore so
0: I'd put this along the lines of things like Shaun of the Dead and Zombieland same kind of gore factor same kind of humor shouldn't be too scary should yeah. be a good time so
1: good times good times people alright so I guess that's the end of our episode today. It's not the longest episode, but it's not the shortest. And I think you guys enjoyed it because for me, whenever I hear alien stories, it's basically the scariest thing that could happen. To- so I I loved this episode.
0: And I'm going to take a little break from UFOs for a while, as always Aww. after this, because I've got some really cool winter stuff coming up that's oh, going to okay. be really good. So It'll be yeah. worth it then. If you guys have any comments, questions, or thoughts, or personal scary stories that you want to share, drop us a line at hotwpodcast at gmail.com. As always, we post episodes every weekend, and you can find us on all standard podcasting platforms. If the cold is starting to get to you, be sure to try out the Hair of the Werewolf Fall Drink. It's a hot cider and rum cocktail that is sure to warm your hands and spirits. (laughs) You can find the recipe on our Instagram account. And besides, since there isn't much time left in the fall, you don't want to miss out on it because something else is coming in the winter. I'm just letting you know. But let's be fair. We pretty much approve of any drinking to celebrate the holiday season. And if you're like us, you drink a little too much in the coming days and you find yourself feeling rough, don't worry. Because the best cure for a hangover is fear. Bye.
1: See ya.